I, it's, it's strange how God uh, gives a message uh, or how I receive a message. Uh, let me just say it that way. Uh, we had a great service Sunday. Now, if you weren't here, you missed a great service. Brother Mike Wiltshire preached. Probably, to me, one of the best messages I've ever heard him preach. And I've heard him preach some good ones. But that was just a... I, I think it was practical. It was something we could all use. And, um, you know, and, and I just... Um, I, I, they left, I guess, close to noon Monday. And as they drove out... Well, I had stepped into my office and I said, okay, God, it's time for me to shift gears now. I'm no longer entertaining. What am I going to do Wednesday night? And oh, about, about five or six days ago, the Lord dropped Psalms 1. I just dropped it in my heart. No thoughts about it, just Psalms 1. And uh, the moment I asked that question, that came back. I gave you Psalms 1. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do with it? And what I, what, and I'll get to my title here in a little bit, but what he gave me for my title, he gave it to me at that moment. And then I realized what he was wanting me to do with this. So I want to take you to Psalms 1. We're going to read the six verses uh, straight through. And then we're going to kind of take it all apart. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So when I asked God, what do you want me to do with this? This is what he spoke to me. How deep are your roots? How deep are your roots? When it comes to family, we hear statements like, our roots run deep. <laughs> Personally, in my family, the roots of the ministry run very deep. You've heard me talk about uh, when Sister Jackie Wilcher did our genealogy. They tra traced us all, about, all the way back to the mid-1600s whenever... My descendants came out of Scotland in the mid-1600s. And the things that we found out from there through the 1700s to the present time, there are preachers all over that group, um, which tells me the blood carries more than just, <laughs> you know, white carpuscles and, you know, so on and so forth. There's, there's, and, and the unique thing about, about us is when daddy's daddy died when daddy was five years old, my grandmother 
daddy's mama thought the family were going to take her two boys away from her because they were afraid she wouldn't be able to raise them and take care of them. So she cut all ties with the Maxwell family. Grandpa Maxwell was the one that had come to her and said, let me have the two boys and, until you can get on your feet. Well, she was afraid she'd never get them back. And so it was just Daddy and Uncle Johnny at that time. And so she severed all ties with the Maxwell family, and it, was, it stayed that way until Gary um, was a teenager, basically, my brother. And, uh, and finally, Dad started reconnecting with some of the Maxwell family. Well, the Mac, that part of the Maxwell family Daddy connected to were preachers. <laughs> was a father and had two sons that were, that were preachers. And so all back through the line, the Maxwell line, there are preachers everywhere. But what I want to talk about, I, I, it's not so much that I want to know about our heritage or what, what I really want to know about tonight is our relationship with the Lord. That's what I'm after. And, and I'm, not, I'm not questioning how many generations your family or mine has served the Lord. What I would love to accomplish tonight is for each of us to walk away with a wonder in our spirit and question ourselves with the question, am I well grounded or rooted in our Lord's gospel? That's an important question. I mean, we can, we can are you a believer? You know, Keith was asking prayer for, the, for our houses, for both houses in Washington. And, you know, I'm talking about there's those that don't believe in God. There's those that believe in God. And then there's those that believe in God, but they don't believe God has anything to do with how our lives are ordered. Um. So you have a lot of that, that opinion out there. So I'm not really asking, do you believe in God? What I want to know is how well grounded or rooted you are in the Lord's gospel. And that's important, the difference there. It's not just, I believe, yes, I believe the Bible. Do you know what's in the Bible? And when you do know what's in the Bible, how grounded and how rooted are you in what it actually says? I guess in some ways I'm tagging on to Brother Wilcher's message from Sunday. Of course, he, his title, if you all remember, was Applying Sunday's Blessing to Monday's Problem. And um, anybody had to do that since Sunday? <laughs> Uh, I think we all probably have experienced a little of that. He made his point very clear, so I'll not try to re-preach his message. But how often have we shouted on Sunday only, only to be blindsided on Monday? It's happened to all of us, every one of us in here. If we're truthful with ourselves, then we would all acknowledge that we have wondered within ourselves, how could I shout on Sunday and be so hopeless and helpless on Monday. I don't. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord. There's been those times that it's 
it's hit you. But again, each of us have to walk that road. We've each one have walked that road. That's the purpose of our Bible study tonight. I want us to look at the principles of Psalms 1 and see what we can do to apply them to our lives. And let's start back at verse 1, and then we're just going to kind of take it apart and walk through it. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, there are three principles here in this first verse for you and I to look at. It is important for us to recognize where we walk, where we stand, and where we sit. Remember the verse said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It's important for us to recognize where we walk, where we stand, and where we sit. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, from whom do you seek counsel? Who, who do you follow after? From where are your steps ordered? In other words, whose pattern are you following in your daily walk? I know. It's, it's, it would, well, I'm following after the Lord. Are you? I'm, I'm, I'm really driving this home tonight for us to stop and to just think about it because we are influenced by media we're influenced by the news we're influenced by popular culture we we as i said here just a few weeks ago there's things that we accept now that 10 years ago we would have been appalled if anybody would have said we would accept it or shall i not not use the word accept let's use the word tolerate that's, that's better. So from where are our steps ordered? We all know we are influenced by the company we keep. So whose company are you keeping? I could go on with this list, but I think you gather the point. Psalms 1 opens with, Blessed is the man that walks not, stands not, nor sits not in the counsel of ungodly people question has to be asked what can the ungodly listen listen this is an important question what can the ungodly or the unbeliever tell us about life and what we should do oh I know there's a lot of good people out there that's got some wisdom they've lived enough life they 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 understand life they understand you know what happens but do you realize this book tells us everything that we need to know? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's scripture. Have we hid the word in our heart? Does the word motivate me when situations arise? When I realize that I am being faced with a particular situation or problem, is there something from this book that rises up to direct and order me, order my steps? Of course, as we all know, the steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord. That's scripture as well. That means that everything, and y'all, I believe every promise of this book 
I believe every thou shall, shall do and thou shall not do. I believe it from this book. I, I believe it from cover to cover. If the, if the Bible promises us that he's going to be with us, he will be with us. I don't care how alone I may feel, he is still with me. That's, that's the point I'm trying to get across. He, he's not going to abandon his word. My response to his word may be an error. My response to his touch or his leading may, may be wrong. But his word, he will never violate his word. Do we, look, do we look around at what unbelievers are doing in regard to life's complicated problems just so that we can follow their example? I, I, I don't think we would, we, we would I, I know that's a, that's a wide open question there, and I, and I don't think it, with me asking the question that way, we would all say, oh, no, I would never follow an unbeliever's advice. On, but do we? Again, I go back to media and what, media is saying and then and, and i mean all the stuff that we we went through with covid and and all the things that the media said we should do and and we should not do now we're now we're all so confused we have no idea what we should have done because they've changed their story so many times and they're still changing their story you know so i mean but but I did. I followed their example. I, I, I mean, after all, we were in uncharted waters. And I, you know, and I didn't, frankly, did I go to the Lord and ask him what I should do? I, I'll be the first to, to admit, no, I didn't. But I wished I had. Because now I'm paying a price for for some things that I wished I hadn't have done. And I'm not going to go into all what I wished I hadn't have done since we're, being bro we're broadcasting, but uh, you can figure that part out. So do we look at unbelievers and follow them? Or do we do what Psalms 121 says? It says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh, from whence cometh my help. For my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. That, that should be the default of every one of our lives. I just confess to you that I did not. And I think we all fall into that category from time to time that we don't go there first. But it should, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, with us going closer and closer and closer to the end, with things escalating as they are escalating, it is more important for us every day to draw closer to God and to His Word. It's so vitally important. Looking back at Psalms 1, going to verse 2, defines for us the blessed man. And here's what verse 2 says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. The blessed man is delighted by the things of God in his ways. Now, I'm not talking about silly 
flipping around delight. Rather, I'm talking about the man or woman that keeps a smile on their face in the world regardless of life's difficulties. I'm not, no, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about being blind or ignorant to life's situations. We still, we still go to the cemetery and stand at Naomi's grave and tears run down our face. We prayed for her healing, but we didn't get it. But that doesn't cause us to fall out with God. I still hold on to these promises. I still hold on to every one of them. Yes, there's a promise in here for healing, but God had another plan. He had a better, he had a better idea. I asked Keith and Michael if, I would, if they would allow me to write her obituary. And I did. And in that obituary, I said she had a perfect life. She never knew sin. She never knew what it was to have a cold. She didn't know anything about COVID. <laughs> she didn't know anything about the political and the social. She had a perfect life. It was only 53 minutes, but it was a perfect life. But I have a promise. I not only have a promise, I have a hope. I will see her again. <laughs> you know, and today... And I'm sorry, Keith and Michael, I'm going to pull a trump card on you. I was thinking today, I'm the, I'm the head of the Maxwell clan now on our side. And since us men die first, usually, I'm probably going to go before Donna. I'll probably go before Keith and Michael and any of the rest. So I'm going to get to get there first. <laughs> And I'm going to go through the gate and I'm going to get to see her. And she comes running across and she reaches out and grabs me and hugs me and says, Pop, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I believe that stuff. You can call it what you want. You can, no, I do. I believe it because the book says it. book says it. Oh. So we still go and we'll, we'll still have tears running down our face, but we can smile through our, our tears and, and we still, because we know who our God is and we know we have not only have a hope, but we have a promise that we will be with her and our loved ones again. Every one of you have lost somebody you love. And we will. That's a promise. It's not, it's not a fantasy. It's not something said to make us feel good at a funeral. If they have made their calling an election sure and you're making yours, you're calling an election sure, it's a promise. I stood with a family many years ago and it was several years after their, their parents had, had died. And I looked at them and I, because I was calling them into account. And I looked at them and I said, let me tell you something. I said, if you don't all straighten your life up. I said, you stood and you weeped and, 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 and held on to that casket with your mama and your daddy both. And I said, unless you change your ways, you better think about it like this. That was goodbye because you'll never see them again. I said, because mom and daddy was ready. And I said, unless you get ready, it was goodbye. Well, Brother Bruce, isn't that rough? No, it wasn't. 
call into account. Y'all, that it's 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 the it's the truth. There is a roadmap to salvation in this book. He doesn't change the roadmap. He said, Whosoever will let him come. But he didn't say, Whosoever will let him pick his own way. Okay? The blessed man not only delights in the Lord's way, but he also meditates on God's commandments. That word meditate kind of scares some people. But what I mean there is, is God's commandments, His judgments and statutes that we talked about last Wednesday night should be so deep in us that they govern us. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you could they could put governors on on old trucks or, or whatever and after it reached a certain speed, well when I worked for Trans Am, they had those those big old trucks, gravel trucks. They had them and that was back in the late eighties, early nineties. They had those trucks to where we couldn't drive them faster than about sixty five mile an hour. And uh, I mean, it didn't matter. Once you reach 65, you could mash that pedal all you want to mash it. It ain't going no faster. So there was something in that that kept that engine from not going any faster or getting the driver in any more trouble than he was probably already in. That's what this, this is supposed to do. This is supposed to govern us. And when we and when when life gets out of kilter for us, this should bring us back to dead center. This is what brings us back to that place to where no, I trust God with this. The blessed man not only delights in the Lord's ways, but he also meditates on God's commandment. The blessed man does this because he knows it leads to a blessed life. The blessed man has his life's priorities well established and he is not cast about with every little breeze that blows. Why? Verse 3 tells us why. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whenever I read that, I envision this big old pine tree that is well established by a flowing stream. It has a tap root on it that runs to the core of the earth, <laughs> if you would. I thought about it today whenever I was coming up with this analogy. And I was, at first I'd put down a big oak tree. But I've walked along the creek bank too many times of big oak trees. And the water's undermined them. And, well, you know how oak roots, they go out. There's no tap root. And there would all of a sudden be a big old oak tree down across the creek. Or, so I had, I, I thought, no. What he's talking about here is something that's got a tap root on it. That goes so deep. Many storms have tried to blow it over. Many floods have tried to drown it. 
but stubbornly because of a strong root system it has weathered the storms the winds and the flood that's us that's us if you live for God any time that's us you've already suffered through enough things in life that you should know where your help comes from even fire has tried to destroy that big old tree because of that, but because of that strong root system, it may be scarred, and some of you may carry some scars, but it still lives on and it bears its fruit in its season. Those squirrels, they still are playing up in the top of it, eating the pine cones and the seeds that come out of those pine cones. The birds still build their nest up there in that old tree, and it's been there for many, 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 many years. Why? It is a well-established, the tree itself is well-established just like the blessed man. That's why some of us can face life's most difficult circumstances and still we live on serving the Lord with all of our might. Anybody in here ever found a place to quit? I have. Have you ever found a place to quit and in the public's eye you'd have been justified? In his eye, though, would you be justified? Because his, his promises are true. His promises are true. We found out a long time ago that his word, our Bible, advises us and counsels us with wisdom for life's most difficult situations. We have relied on our Lord for his help, for his healing, for his deliverance. And he has never, ever let us down. Never. We delight ourselves in the Lord. We meditate on his goodness and on his commandments. That's important for us. And not going back and preaching last Wednesday night's message. But it's important for us to know what he says about how we should live our life. But all oh, this next part of this chapter is, is really sad. My heart, my heart cries out, oh, if they just knew what I know about the Lord. Because the next three verses are heartbreaking. It says, the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Can you imagine chaff? You know, the chaff that, that is here, that's basically the, the uh, trash left from when they thrash wheat. And a good breeze will just blow it with the dust. Can you imagine your life being that? That your life does not count any more than being chaff. It goes back to the question, why am I here? Was, was there a reason for me to be here? Yes. Jeremiah's... <laughs> As the Lord told Jeremiah, I, I know the thoughts I have for you. I know the plan I have for you. 
And he had one for every one of us. Verse 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly. It's not saying it might perish. We'll see what we can do about it. It just simply says it shall perish. Dear brothers and sisters, our God is a good God. Regardless of today's problems, just remember Psalms 37 says, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. There are so many promises for you and I that, that have the root system, that live according to the plan for the blessed man. Listen to the testimony of the ages, of generations gone before, of, before us. Whatever difficulty you and I should walk through, let's understand there's generations that have walked through it. This is some things that, that Moses told the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 4.31 For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. In other words, he made promises. He won't forget them. You have promises. You, me, we have promises. He will not forget them. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. That, that means when, when life has come full force, there's nothing that we should be surprised about. There's, there's nothing that should, should pull our attention away from Him. If anything, the more I hide this word in my heart, when adversity hits me, it should pull me toward Him. That's the intent of this word, is to pull our eyes toward Him in the midst of trouble. I love this. This is the Lord speaking directly to Joshua in Joshua 1.5. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Can you imagine that? The Lord given. There's nobody gonna, nobody's going to be able to oppose you. He says, As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Then King David steps on the scene and he gives advice to his son Solomon in 1 Chronicles 28. And he says to Solomon, his son, be strong and of a good courage and do it. And he's talking about building the temple. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. 
What's so beautiful about this verse is David instructs Solomon based upon David's relationship with God. This is a voice of experience that is talking here. David knew that through all of his own inconsistencies, God still had been faithful to him. I mean, he'd committed adultery. He'd had a man killed so he could have his wife. I mean, I mean, in, in today's church world, we wouldn't have anything to do with him. I mean, I wouldn't let him in my pulpit to preach. I can promise you that. I mean, that would, that's just, you know, the way we see things now. But God saw something deeper in David than David even saw in himself. And God was still faithful to David. In fact, he's even called the man after God's own heart. David knew that through all of his own inconsistencies, God had still been faithful. This was easy advice for David to give Solomon. Then we have the same promise in the New Testament given to us by the Lord as he inspired the writer of Hebrews to write Hebrews 13 let your conversation be without covetousness listen to this let your conversation be without covetousness oh I wish I had that truck I wish I had that house I wish and that's just surface stuff and he says be content with such things as you have I think that's one of the, the, the biggest problems of our American society. Nobody is content with what they have. We see too many people that have more. And we wonder why we can't have what they have. And I'm not going to get, that's a whole other message. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I have everything that he's promised me I would have at this point in my life. I have everything. Let me see I can say this. I have everything that he can trust me with. So how deep are your roots? Let me just back up to that verse. I said, I, I have everything that he can trust me with. If you look, or if, you, if you say, well, Brother Bruce, I've been faithful in my tithes and in my offerings. I have given, I, I hear y'all say that, that if we give, the Lord will give back and I've given a thousand dollars and the Lord didn't give me back a thousand dollars. He didn't give me back five thousand dollars. I didn't get anything back. Well, if you're asking that question, you still don't know what this book says. You don't you don't understand the principles of the book. He is faithful and he does give back, press down shaking together and running over but he's not going to give you more than he can trust you with we are the ones that limit the blessings 
He owns the cattle of a thousand. I think Mike said that Sunday. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And all the gold under them hills. He owns it. It's his. All that song Larry Gatlin them, all the gold is in California and somebody else's name? No. He's able to make blessings show up and you never understand how those blessings got to you. He's able to do that. He's able to do that. But you've got to live your life to this. You've got to delight yourself in the law of the Lord. When, blood, when life blows hard against you, you have to be well established. Your roots have to run deep. So how deep are your roots? Can you apply Sunday's blessing to Monday's problem without being overwhelmed with the difficulty of that problem? Every one of us, every one of us in this room, without exception, I know this to be 100% correct, every one of us has been wounded and every one of us has been slapped by life. Every one of us. And I'll say this, and it's not in my notes, just about every one of us, and I would almost say 100% on this, every one of us has asked, God, where are you? He's as close as the mention of his name. People say, God has left me. How can God leave you? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at the same time. He can't leave, he can't leave you individually because he just encompasses everything. Now you can leave him. You can do that. But he can't leave you. Our God is faithful. As I close, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. Because we all struggle with, with situations. We all struggle with, with circumstances. We all struggle with adversity. 1 Corinthians 10 says there, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And I know some of you are sitting there thinking, what are you, how does that have anything to do with this? Because temptation is sin, that's leading. Well, the word temptation here comes from the Greek word pyram. That's with the Grant Parish accent. Parasmas. 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 Meaning is, by implication, is adversity. So let's read 1 Corinthians 10 13 using the word adversity instead of temptation. And this is what it says There hath no adversity taken you, but such is common to man. Whatever you're dealing with, somebody else has dealt with it before you. Okay? But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be buffeted 
above that ye are able, but will with the adversity also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Isn't that a isn't that a wonderful promise? Because there's some adversity that has, that has hit around some of our doorsteps and it stayed for quite a while. And if we had not held on to this, it could have possibly thrown us. You may even know people that had adversity that hung around their doorsteps for quite a while, but their roots did not run very deep. And it did throw them, and they wound up being lost, being backslid, being away from God. But he said, but will with the adversity also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever storm is blowing around you, understand there is a way of escape. There's a path out of that situation. Well, Brother Bruce, where is it? I have no idea. But whenever the purpose of whatever the adversity that you're going through, when that purpose has been fulfilled, he will open the door to the path leading you out. And when he opens the door, you're simply to take it and run with it. He will lead you out. Again, how deep are your roots? You've got to ask yourself that question. What could cause me to lose confidence and trust in God? There should be nothing that would cause us to lose confidence and trust in God. I have stood with families too many times in my 30 years, 30 plus years of ministry, I've stood with families that were, that were blindsided by suicide. And there were so many questions. And the problem was that all the answers to the questions were laying in the casket. There's nobody there to, to the answer to the why. And, and the only thing that I have been able to come up with in, in all of these years that happened when somebody lost all hope when they, they when, when it, life became hopeless for them and there was nothing to live for that's why they did what they did so how deep are your roots can you withstand the storms of life the fires may rage and it may singe the bark on the, on the tree, but, and it may show the scars, but will it be standing there for the next season? Are the, re, are, are the roots deep enough for you to eventually one day hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? See, that's a, that's a question that so many times we filter we filter through things that well let me just say it like this well done means well done 
I won't hear it and you won't hear it if it's not well done. In fact, we can't even fall into the category of a good and faithful servant if we have not held on to this and let it govern our lives. How deep are your roots? What can trip you up? What can cause you to turn your back? And if there is an answer for any of those, then your, your roots are not deep enough. But if you say there's nothing, then your roots are in the right place. Amen. Well done, my good and faithful. Would you stand? I'm through five minutes early. So how deep are your roots? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I just found that, and since I've got five minutes, well, you know. Yes, thank you, Lord. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is the man isn't it strange no it's not strange isn't it ironic I believe that this book is inspired of God I believe it's the very breath of God I believe every book that is in this Bible is ordained of God there are those that, that talk about missing books there are no missing books from this Bible. Every, he, God is sovereign enough that he made sure every one of them that we need is in here. Now, there are some other prophets that were written. I do, right? The Mac, Maccabees and everything. I understand. But if they were meant to be here, they would be here. He's sovereign enough. It's, it's, it, it, this book has, has, suffer, has, has withstood hundreds of years and wars and, and, and all that. It's what's here is what we need but he started off the book of Psalms with this chapter questioning our root system blessed is the man blessed is the man father I give you thanks tonight for this opportunity I thank you for this service thank you for the word you've allowed us to share and I just pray that it will get down deep in our hearts that the word itself will have strong root a strong root system in our hearts may our lives example a strong root system in you that there would be nothing that can turn us to the left or anything that can turn us to the right but yet our eyes will stay focused on the goal that is set before us we will run the race we will run the race. I just pray that each of us will have the tenacity to stand even when the storms rage and understand that you are God and nothing is going to change that. I give thanks to you for the surety of your word. I give thanks for the promises of your word. And I give you thanks that they are meant for each and every one of us. I 
give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.